Hello, and welcome to Tavern Talk. On nights like this, we gather at the Wing Badger Tavern to tell stories, try and uncover mysteries and plot hooks, and generally just have a good time. My name's Josh, and I don't appear in this episode because when it was streamed live on our Twitch channel, I was in Rwanda doing Rwanda things. So just like you, I'm in for a treat. Go ahead, pull up a chair, set down your packs, order a drink, and listen to the sweet, sweet sound of Tavern Talk. Beginning, as usual, with the guys tripping over their introductions. I'm Matt. I play as Fox, Changeling Rogue, and uh, I'm really excited to see how this goes. Uh, over to Trevor, uh, who's doing this for the first time and not the second time. Yep, this is definitely my first time. I play Zothcog, the once green, once blue, now gray orc cleric. And I'm just really excited for this also. You know, we had a very action-packed last session. We're gonna gonna popcorn over to Wash now. I'm Wash, and boy howdy did we have a uh, an action-packed episode last time. I play Jibidah Peppermint, the, uh, the molefolk gun wizard who is just, you know, just a homely kind of father figure full of sage advice and wise wisdom and, and, is, and is completely not harboring some sort of dark secrets about debts and and uh and needing copious amounts of money hi i'm jake and i'm the voice of race class name no i'm just kidding um i'm the voice of okay hi i'm jake i'm the voice of <laughs> alan <laughs> The Azamar joke. No, that was on purpose. Uh, I'm the voice of Alan, <laughs> the Azamar barbarian, and uh, yeah, that's there. We go. That's me. Dude, we're great at this. Well, let's get let's get into what, what what's what's going on. It's been a long time since the session we're going to be what, talking about. What the party doing? Yeah, what, what the, the party, party doing? doing? Because we had the one shot last week, which was super fun. By the way, the Wash. one shot was super yes. fun. That was a which great is time. Also on our podcast. Oh. Wow. Just saying. Wow. Yeah. And so what are you the voice of? We're the voices of ourselves, really, in the end of it. <laughs> um but who was it was it Wash who who's who's who seemed to have the most the most recollection maybe of what happened last time? Oh, let's see. Let's see. What did we do last time? We started off in the, um, the tunnels. We started in Yeah, the... we were in the tunnels and we Oh yeah, we discovered the uh the flow of magic how it was like yeah. it was like a river uh, yep. drawing into a certain direction we found a second um, one of those um those gates mm -hmm. yep and i think we i think at that point we had determined that the magic might be like flowing towards or being pulled to the mine that circles had talked about yeah um, but we made a stop in uh in red hill of course yes um, which was a very interesting town. Uh, we, we learned a bit more about the dirt folk, right? And how they live. Uh, get a little into the lore, you know. They feel like their god abandoned them. So, of course, the one church has only got one person who actually believes in their god. Uh, we sit at the, you know, we stay at the hotel. And I think, was it the morning after we all split up? We woke up and we had breakfast and we were like, let's all go separate places. Well, Everything that, happened in the morning. We kind of yeah. crashed at night. We were. I was, I was the, listening to the podcast a little bit, and uh, like, and I, I noticed that I really enjoyed the the little encounter that you guys had at the church. Uh, when I was when I was going back and listening through it, I realized that I was deep in my notes 
and stuff during that time. So I really wasn't paying attention because I wasn't in that scene. So that was really cool to kind of follow along uh, with all of that stuff where you guys were, were going along. I really liked um, how Owlin had like uh, had made his little offering there at mm-hmm. the uh, and uh, it, it was just like I thought I thought that scene was really, really well played and it was really, really you know, fun to listen to. Speaking of which, uh, Trevor and Jake, want to you want to talk about that scene and we'll go over and around and we'll save you for last wash I, for reasons <laughs> don't save me for last <laughs> fair if if i'm being completely honest guys i hardly re- like besides the major events of last session i hardly re- i like so i don't really remember the scene that we're so, referring so to jake so we we go to the church you yeah. and me yeah uh because we're both more or less the religious ones of the yes. group yes yes um, true and then we we meet the the head priest there, and it's really just him and and this church. Oh, you know, he, yeah, and this was the ah, uh, this was the temple of of yes. Awara, and yes. which is Owlin's deity that he worships. Um, and I remember I I freestyled some lore into there that maybe I shouldn't have because oh, really? it caught. Yeah, we 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 within a conversation uh, with um the priest. This is some peek behind the curtain stuff. I, I like was like, oh, yes. And this makes sense because and because I played Awara in the world building thing, I kind of had this like idea in my head of like, ah, I can like build some world building into this conversation and explain it to the audience. However, did not clear that with Josh beforehand. <laughs> and afterwards, Josh was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to redo some of that because that's canon now. I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry, Josh. Like, oh, dang it. Um, it's a sign of a good DM, though. It is. It is. True. But it's funny. It's a um, just said, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and he didn't. He didn't. That is true. Um, the show must go on. The show can. must go on. So, yeah, Josh is a very good DM for that. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But, yes, I'm remembering that now. Um yeah, for Owlin, for Owlin, that was like a nice kind of taste of home again. And by home, that's more like his home home, like his childhood home, because he left his childhood home to become a soldier, like after the the library fell. So, or the the library and the market fell. Uh, the market fell sounds like a, like normal, like like a real life thing, like, like the market, <laughs> like market crashed. Crash. But like yes. literally this floating market market on a giant floating island just crashed into the ground and like a lot of people died. Just so um, happened it also crashed the economy. But. Yeah, it did all of those <laughs> things. Um, if you are new here or didn't watch the, the world building episodes, we all role played as the gods of the world and, you know, influence the events yeah. and things that happen. So yeah. one of the... One, there was a floating island someone made, and then they cra- and then it was crashed later. So, like, go back to the, to those world building episodes if you want to catch up for sure on the the world. They're on our they're stuff. on our YouTube, I believe. I don't think they're in the podcast feed, but they're on the YouTube. Oh, okay. Go to the YouTube then. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, so that was like a good like a like a kind of a flashback for Owlin. Um But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Any any input from you, Trevor, on that scene? Um, a little bit. Like I had to think about, you know, how how does Zothkug feel about other gods and religions? And mm. you know, um, I think it it was it wasn't too difficult of a decision. You know, you just go with the flow, man. You you vibe with it. Like what people True. believe is what they believe, man. Kelmore so, accepts all. Exactly. So 
um he's like yeah this is this is pretty cool you know uh kind of sad that he's here alone you know zoth mm-hmm. felt felt that um i really like the idea of an offering being brought and it being like an invention but like also an idea yeah and so you could like come and just you know say what you have been thinking and what you have been pondering on and and that i I thought that was really interesting for for that kind of uh kind of deity for sure also that was a cool twist I am awesome in the chat is asking if you can role play as an NPC. You cannot necessarily do exactly that. However, when we do play, which we will do next week, you can spend chat points to influence the game in ways that are similar, <laughs> like having a name NPC named after you or giving us advantage or giving us disadvantage, things like that. So yeah, you have to don't come worry. Back. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Josh will work something out for you. I am awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you spend the channel points, I'm sure, sure he'll work it that's out. That's true. That's true. But, um, yeah. 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 So, yeah. It was a, no, so, go ahead. All right. <laughs> While you guys were off doing, you know, like, ah, religion, um, <laughs> I'm over here like, all right, I'm in a town First, at the sink session one, I had pulled out this like gold nugget, you know, like it's like ore, right? So it's not pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get rid of this. I gotta, I gotta get paid, you know. Get some money um, investment. So I'm like, I end up dragging Circle with me, um, and I think it was more or less he followed me out like a lost puppy. Nice. So he is Cir- a lost puppy. <laughs> Circle, the drug <laughs> addict, uh, follows me to the store, and I'm like. Okay, I can't walk into this pawn shop. It was actually a clothing store, I think. Uh, but like, I can't walk into this shop and have this guy with me because then they're never going to take me seriously and or kick me out. So I'm like, hey, Circle, keep an eye out, you know, for protection and all that. Just stand outside the store over here. Go in. I'm like, hey, I got this gold ore. I heard you might be interested. And they're like, well, yes, I use it in my clothes. And we did some bargaining. And then he was like, hey, man, I'm being generous. You better take it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, bye. <laughs> so you really tried to you tried really tried to lowball him there. He was already giving you a good deal. <laughs> and you were like trying to make it hey, go man, lower. The hustle is real. OK, I got to I got to get my daily grind in. All right. He's Gary so, V over here trying to <laughs> trying to sell these Hot Wheels cars or whatever the heck. Fox is a natural born salesman. Yeah. yeah, man, I got, I gotta like, I gotta get that money, that dough. So, speaking of which, I walk outside, uh, and guess, guess who's gone now? Cir- Circle's gone. What? He's, who who would have thought? thought? Disappeared. It's almost like without anybody to lead him, he's a lost puppy, and he just mm. wanders off. It's well, almost he, like he that's how we found objective. him too. You know, that's that's actually that's true. That's exactly how we found him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know. After I came out, and I believe after you guys were done the church, I believe I believe uh, Jeb was doing something. But Jeb was up to time. some very very interesting things. <laughs> Jeb had the oh, uh, in my opinion, Jeb had the most engaging series oh, of events happen to him for sure. <laughs> I I also a little. <laughs> this is going to be a bit ironic to tell you a secret about me as a person. I'm terrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> ah. <laughs> hmm. Nice. But one of my favorite things about this game so far is is how little that I have brought up about Jeb. Um, I've I've written a decent bit of uh, of like a concept for him, and I've been uh, 
I've been improving a lot of of like the dirt people and their culture and whatnot. And Josh has been very very cool and respectable to uh to like as I improv stuff, kind of roll that into the narrative. But there there is a decent bit of stuff that I've that I've written up on Jeb and uh and he's he's got a he's got some some stuff some stuff going on in his past that's that hasn't caught up to him yet but uh but it's probably going to and it's all and sunshines he's, and rainbows right man all those sunshines and rainbows just coming up behind him chasing him, him with yeah. uh yeah with bludgeoning weapons and, and he's like uh, oh no sunshines and rainbows come and catch me I know. and he frolics I mean, away and yeah, they just made a hard light um <laughs> Nah, but uh yeah, so that's why I, I was I was trying to think, I was like, would this be a good time to, to kind of roll into it? That's when I what I broke into the middle. I was like, Yeah, so anyway, uh, I owe I owe them a lot of money. And it was just like <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a, would be a fun way to kind of just like break into that a little bit without without telling the whole story, just kinda yeah. kinda cut back to it. But holy cow, holy cow. D and D guys, I tell you what. Yeah reality is stranger than fiction sometimes and it is so stinking poetic about how random dice rolls and things pull together in in a certain way to to just Work. come together perfectly yeah yeah i mean sometimes you know the dm pulls the strings and whatnot but i i know for a fact that josh had that stuff planned Pro- probably had that stuff planned but wasn't planning on me pulling out jeb's motives quite yet mm. um but for, so for for me to pull them out ahead of time and for him to to pull that together with the whole wingle digits thing oh man that just blew me away that, for that sure. just worked so much better than i could have hoped and dreamed uh go, going over to the bank and getting stuck in a multi-level <laughs> thing <laughs> multi-level scheme oh man it just it just worked so well for him needing some See, cash and like Oh. I am awesome. Yeah, redeemed a hydrate works, just okay? now, just so we all know. Hydrate. Oh, we got hydrate, a hydrate. Everybody. He redeemed one earlier, and I and I feigned as if I was drinking out of this, but there's nothing left <laughs> in it. So I'm gonna go get a soda real quick. All right. I'll be back in so, a second. I'm I'm assuming it's like this, Jeb. Right? You see, this is me up here. Okay, I'm gonna sell you some Wingle digits. All right, and you're one of my people. And I get a little bit of percentage off of that, but then you sell your wingle digits to people under you, and you get a little bit of commission off that, but only if you sell it to four people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's like it, like just the way that he lit up and that whole the whole thing that went down with the guy trying to rob him off of the random encounter and he just turned it around and ganked his gold. <laughs> Cuz he was thinking, man, this is just like this guy's already a not so great dude. You know, I'm going to teach him a lesson by, you know, robbing the robber anyway. And call an ambulance. So, yeah. <laughs> but not for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he was he was just thinking, yeah, I mean, like he only had 30 gold on him. And so he literally doubled the amount of Winkle digits he was able to buy because because of that. He's already a um, great salesman. He took his initial investment and doubled it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he literally said, I've got a great investment opportunity for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best the guy part. Was, the guy was like, that's not an investment opportunity. And Joe was like, yeah, yeah I'm I back and ready to hydrate. <laughs> 
You're investing you in your right. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then and then the fact that everybody wasn't there. So yeah. like nobody nobody of the party knows. We arrived at the perfect time though. Like the timing for that encounter at the end and the like the timing was so cinematic and worked so well for that. Oh yeah. And it also got <laughs> us out great. of the, the little town, which we probably would have spent a little bit more time in, like like lollygagging and whatnot. Yeah. It just but, rushed along. Yeah, it it kept the pace going well. But, uh, what do you fun. mean soda isn't hydration? I am awesome. I, I just gotta say, this is squirt. It has hydration on the label somewhere. Thirst quencher. <laughs> it's a thirst, very thirst important. quencher. Very squirt important tastes pretty good. Knows. Worst soda name ever. True. Yeah. Um, to build off of the story so far, I, I gotta say my favorite, one of my favorite moments in that. Um, I want to say it's my number one, but actually it's my number two because number one was sticking up the robber and telling them I've got an investment for you. <laughs> um, but number two was when Jeb used, uh, what was it, catapult? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just straight up stole all of the yeah. Winkle digits. That was so funny. Right from underneath the, the snake oil salesman selling the Winkle digits. And he just, he just yanked them. He took them all. Uh. And... And of course, the person he robbed comes back with friends, and it's not looking good for Jeb. <laughs> it was not that whole uh, that whole catapulting thing. I was I was pouring over my spells during our last level up, and uh, and I was trying to think of some really creative because I, I I like to read all of the spells available. Uh, I know most of them just because I'm a DM and I've kind of like you know just poured through them from mm-hmm. time after time. Yeah. Um. But uh, but I was going through them again, and I was trying to think of how would these work being cast through a blunderbuss? Because that's like that's kind of that's kind of like my impetus for choosing spells. It it really hasn't been what's going to be the most effective. It's what's going to be the most awesome image to cast, like like casting message where he whispers into it and just poops yeah. the message. Like it's just, I love that so much. It's just so fun yes, for sure. Um, so so like being able to do stuff like that, um, is is kind of one of the main drives be, behind picking stuff up, and just the idea of shooting tin cans, right? But you like shoot the tin can and it flies somewhere else. So yeah. like the idea of just like poo and then it shoots other, uh, like across the room and bonks a guy in the head, th- that was just amazing to me. And then I got to thinking, I was like, I was like Josh, because I was di- chatting at him on Discord, and I was like, I was like, what if you like you could totally use catapult to fling something at you and catch it? I was like, this would be a great attack, but it would also be all great utility. Yep. And I was literally talking to him about that the other day, and that's why I was like, "Hey, you remember? You remember that that thing I talked to <laughs> you about catapult? <laughs> Perfect timing, and it all oh. came. It just came right together. It was, yeah. it was super duper fun. That's sweet. Oh yeah. Um, There's also been a little bit of a leak. We haven't gotten into ooh. it too much about um, about Jeb's uh, subclass. Ah, Ooh. what's because because wizards get their subclass at level two. Oh, mm. what and, could uh, it be? What could it be? Well, we 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 jumped into it a little bit. We know that it has to do with time, but uh, time. But we haven't dug into that. Too is it is it much. that it took you time to find your subclass? 
<laughs> or or perhaps um, <laughs> that your actions take time. Is, is that, um, is that he took the time to design this action. rhyme so that you can find one. all I know. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> slam poetry with uh, Jake. <laughs> Lincoln Park slam poetry with Jake. Yes. Only Lincoln Park lyrics. Yep. But spoken. No, I picked <laughs> up the I picked up the chronology. Um, oh, school magic. Very cool. Which has to do with time manipulation. Very I believe school. it's from. Yeah, I believe it's from uh, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, the uh, oh. critical rule book. Nice. Oh, interesting. But there are, um, huh. we ran into, th- there's a couple little homebrew things that we've kind of tweaked on it. Um, because some, um, I-, I worked with Josh on this because some of the benefits of the uh, of the subclass have to do with initiative like you can add your intelligence to your initiative modifiers so that you can go for uh you know go sooner you're so smart and you go fast <laughs> yeah we don't we don't do uh i wish that was how it worked when traditional I was a kid. initiative oh like, you know we we all just kind of pick when to yeah. go so i was telling him there's uh, yeah. really not any benefit so we kind of homebrewed something up to, that's cool to nice. do instead of that that makes sense gives a little more practicality within the 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 table rules that we're kind of running on right now the yeah. house rules yeah i know yeah. for 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 my spell choosing i am definitely not uh taking the most like optimal like spell set you know i'm playing oh, yeah? what a, have you been kind of what have you been like what's been your impetus behind your spell selections uh well he's mainly a pacifist mm. oh yeah so, yeah so he's going to take utility and healing based things. Um, True. I think he does have one damage spell just for like the oh crap moments. But like he's going to do his best to avoid dealing any damage if possible and just focus on on helping the boost the party. Sure. Is that for if things get bad enough that he ends up breaking his faith and his uh, his pacifism? Yeah, you know, if it's like like the last line, oh nice Matt, uh, last <laughs> line of defense sort of thing. It's like either I'm gonna die or I do this thing, mm. sort of like like a, out of self preservation only, basically. Yeah, and he's a he's a druid, so you get to like pick your cleric. spells anew every morning. Oh cleric, well same thing. Yeah. So uh, I mean same thing spell wise, <laughs> you get to, you get to pick they're, your they're spells every morning. Same. <laughs> druid ha- you, has yeah. Well, my my point was that you know all of your spells. Yeah. He yeah. knows them real good. No. Uh, you know, I do have to say, uh, sorry I left there. Um, uh, Spotify, don't worry about it. Or, or it's podcast, don't worry about it. You, you, <laughs> you don't know the difference, but... Um, so, when we started talking about, like, our stories, I think when Trevor was in the middle of talking about his scene, my food arrived. And I didn't want to leave because I knew I was next, and I didn't want to miss mm. out on on Jeb's story. <laughs> so I'm sitting here like, my food's getting cold. My food's getting cold. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, sorry, sorry about no that. No worries. What are, what are you chowing down on, by the way? Let me. What, 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 let's let's hear. It. Podcast. Uh, you cannot see it, but it it's is a burrito. A, it's a burrito, big burrito from Chipotle. Ah, uh, nice. that is yeah. a very large burrito. That's like the size of your head. <laughs> and you hold it up to your head real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here. Uh, comparison? Yeah. That's the length of his head. 
Also, Wash, it's, it's I'm about the size of my head. I've yeah. lost your your videos frozen for me. Oh, there you are. You're back. Yeah, I'm gonna swap to a different camera. My my other camera got cookie. Cookie. Cuckoo oh, no. for cocoa puffs. puffs. Yep. Here we we were in the uh, same boat. But there. yeah, for for everyone's sake, just I'm sure people are curious. My spell, my cantrips are guidance, resistance, and thaumaturgy. And then my first level spells are bless, command, create or destroy water, cure wounds, detect magic, guiding bolt, which is the only damage spell I have. Heroism, sanctuary, and shield of faith. Nice. Yeah. Very very utility. Yeah. Yeah. Very utility, many wow. Yep. Fox, uh, how are your spells over there? What kind of what kind of stuff do you got going on? Hmm. <laughs> spells. Hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And that other one. Hmm. Pretty good usage. Solid choice. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a little odd, but I I could see that working. Mm. It's on brand. Yeah. But you didn't go with, uh, you know, the other one. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Fox doesn't use spells, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he um, a spell on you. I don't. I don't know. Uh, well, when I when I play D anD I'm usually not a big spell fan. Not because I don't like spells, but because I like to be able to kind of like be able to roll with things. And I've always had a hard time remembering the details of spells. Sure. So my solution to that is just don't play any spellcasters. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, you could play like half casters to like dabble in it. Like you could go like arcane trickster or something just to like nah. where you don't have a lot of spells nah. to manage, but you nah. still get. Nah. <laughs> I find spells generally can offer more. Cre- like you can do a lot more creative things with spells as opposed to a barbarian. No offense, Jake. Like hey. I've played one. Like no offense, but like you're just gonna be hitting stuff. Like there's no. And it's fun. Like, it is. It's fun. a different it's style. Absolutely fun. It's a different it, style. It, but with, yeah. with spells, it's, it's like more like a puzzle. Like ah, what's the what piece is gonna fit best in this scenario, sort of thing. I do feel spells. like barbarians are the most fun, or like 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 meat shield, high damage kind of characters are the most fun when you're playing with miniatures or with battle maps, because mm. you're you're maneuvering yourself in the way that's best gonna help your party. Um, but it's still, I enjoy it. Sorry, watch. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. No, no, you're not interrupting me at all. Um, I was just gonna say that in in my personal opinion, spells are oh. Did, like did watch? They, oh, everyone cut out for me. Dang they're it. complicated, like intentionally, um, and and you really have to read through them and pay attention to them and what they can do and whatnot. But they, combined with magic items, are what break the reality of D anD D. And breaking mm. the reality of the game world is is incredibly fun to me. Mm. Um, it's you know like. At lower levels, when you don't have much magic, or if you're playing a, like a non-caster uh, class, it it takes a lot of creative creative thinking to to solve certain problems and get around things. And you can you can totally do it. And there's a, a lot of really fun challenges in that. But like Trevor was saying, that your options really open up when you get spell casting, just to do really to have really odd out of the out of the blue scenarios. Um, where like oh, not scenarios but solutions to problems. I can give you guys um, an example from from a different campaign I'm in. Sure. So, 
we were fighting something and I was my uh, the character I was I was taking over for someone else because they weren't there but they were frightened um, and for those that don't know the frightened means you have to spend your entire movement to run away from the thing and you have to use your your action as a dash and so that only leaves you a reaction and a bonus reaction to do something with if you're a melee person you can't do anything with that um, luckily the person who was missing was a sorcerer who had the um, Quicken spell meta magic. So quicken spell allows you to cast a spell as a bonus action if it takes mm-hmm. an action. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my char- the character was frightened. He moved away. He was still in the 120 foot range. So I used quicken spell, spent the sorcery points, used quicken spell to um, boost one of the spells I have from a, a full action to a bonus action. And then I was allowed to attack that round. Mm. You know, I, I gotta say, it's it's like adding a new set of tools to your yeah. tool set. You know, mm-hmm. uh, creativity wise. You know, you, you only you're limited when you don't have spells to what you can do physically as a character. Yeah. Um, and what you can do with your wits. But when you have spells, you just add your wits to all sorts of crazy fantasy things. You know, all of a sudden I can reach over across the room with mage hand, or, um, you know, I can I can light up. The room somewhere calls a distraction that it otherwise wouldn't be able to do all sorts of fun things yeah so. yeah minor image is really cool for like um making a holograph like a star wars holographic image of a person and saying have you seen this guy mm. yeah. Ooh. magic uh magic items are super duper helpful i had a, an instance once in a game where they were in a they were on a ship and the mast of the ship was destroyed by some sea monster or something like that. So, like, their mm. ship was dead in the water. Well, one of them had a Qual's Feather token for a tree. And they dropped the token down in the center of the... Uh, well, what the token does is it's just like a little metal insignia of a, of a tree. You drop it on the ground, and a big 40-foot oak tree just, like, grows up out of the ground. You can climb walls with it or whatever. He dropped it on the deck of the ship <laughs> and just a whoom... And they had like a new mast. They like spent the day cutting down branches and shaping it out to uh, to have <laughs> a new awesome. mast on their ship. Yeah, and so it's just stuff like that. It's just yeah, it's just yeah. awesome. That's cool. It works. But like like that's that's also to say you we we need you know the tanks and the melee characters because most casters yeah. are pretty squishy. Of course, you'd need me. Well, no. and so with <laughs> with you guys. Um, magic items are where like the super fun stuff comes in you know if you got like boots of spider climbing yeah and you know mr sneaky rogue is like tiptoeing across the ceiling now i had stabbing down (laughs) i had a character in a previous it was a one shot where it was a wizard um Actually, no, this was AD&D. Magic user is the term for wizard in AD&D. Um, and boots of spider climbing were a thing back then in AD&D as well. And uh, I just had this magic user whose whole thing, and I don't know why, was f- using charm animal on these rats that were in the... We were doing a dungeon crawl, and it was a very memeish character. His name was Emo McShadyface. This was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, love it. Um, and uh, he thought he was so edgy and cool, but his whole thing was he would use charm, charm Animal on these giant rats and control them and also cast climbing on... Like, spider climbing on them and uh, <laughs> just have them go on the walls and the ceilings and stuff and be his animal army, and it was great. And he, at the end of the adventure, 
I think we ended up doing two sessions of this. So it, it was going to be a one shot and we did two sessions. And in the second session, he got boots of spider climbing so he could also be on the walls with his rat, with his rat army. And uh, nice. yeah, boots of spider as climbing. As it should have been. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. As it was always meant to be. In my games um, that I DM, <clears throat> it was the, the precedent was accidentally set by my son who started mm. the campaign. But I tend to go really whole hog and, and just straightforward ham fisted in with the magic items. I give them super crazy stuff at really low levels. Nice. And it's just it it just adds so much so much fun. So much chaos. Yeah. I don't even think you need like crazy strong like magic mm-hmm. items. Like you could just have like give the party an immovable rod and see what they do with it, you know? Yeah. Yep. I gave I gave one guy a crossbow that we pulled from the adventure zone. It's called the very crossbow. It was made by a uh, made by dwarves and elves, so it was just constantly angry and mad at itself. <laughs> and if you roll a charisma check of some kind to insult it, and if you insulted it enough, it added like one d four fire damage to the crossbow Dang. bolt that it shot. Okay. What if you gave it compliments? Um, I don't remember. I, I think it was just like you said something. It, I, I can't remember exactly. It was something like that where it's like if you if you did something and it passed, it would do the fire damage. But like if you failed, it would just like get all passive aggressive and clam up after a while and just not do anything. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Huh. That sounds fun. Uh, that sounds like an adventure person. zone thing. Before we before we yeah. go too far off the rails, back to the campaign. Um, <laughs> after we are we uh, reunite with Wash outside the bank, um, we all pretty much book it out of town. This is true. And we, As you do. I mean, yeah. like, what else do you do? You, you go to a town, you hit up the tavern, eat breakfast, shop around, leave the town in an angry mob chasing you. It's a normal Tuesday. You know, normal seen all the sights. Done all the things. Yeah. Uh, we we arrive at a house that is just a hole in the floor at this point. Like it collapsed or something. Like oh yeah, the druggy shack. Hole. Yeah. We love and the five yeah. stars though on Yelp. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we hear noises coming from one of the entrances, and Zoth, being the good-natured guy he is, is like, "I want to help everyone." So he's like, "Someone's in danger. I'm going to go help them." And then he runs in doesn't see anyone and is surprised by a uh, a monster and luckily there are people close enough to like step in before he gets attacked. Whoa, Pretty freaking don't, scary though. Not very don't forget scary. the don't forget the the moving blood. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, the, I forgot about that. Wash is the time wizard. He can tell explain it. Yeah, can you can you explain in all of your uh uh can you explain? <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me what's going on. Yeah, I was I was really curious about that, but I was actually outside of that room. <laughs> that, yeah. that was when Fox and Josh were, uh, sorry, Fox and uh, and Jeb were doing the uh, looking into the briefcase. Yeah, this is um, true. Me and me and Alan were like, <laughs> oh, let's this? let's check out this this rubble and cave, make Future. sure everyone's okay. Yeah. Jeb and Fox were like, nah, everyone's fine. <laughs> the future. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's like they're they're over there having a fight, and then me and Jeb are having this like Pulp Fiction moment where like we open the briefcase, <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's just shining on on your faces. Exactly. Oh, so good. 
Then we, so, we, yeah, there we was some helped eventually. One day. Yeah. There was some weird stuff with the uh, with the blood like yeah. getting caught in some sort of repeating time loop. Yeah. But then that went away and then there was like some ticking no noises. Yeah, there was like some it was really really odd stuff going oh, on. Yeah. So I wonder if my current headcanon theory is that like since we were since there was like so much wild magic in the area from these mm. druggies doing the drugs that there might just be some weird stuff happening Ooh. in in like the soil in the ground. Yeah. I because remember when when we first met Circles, um this is this is maybe a little metagaming in my brain anyway. I didn't come out in game, but this is like how I was thinking. Sure. Is that uh I've had Circles <laughs> sneezed and some flowers grew out of the ground. Yeah. Um which totally feels like like he was rolling on a wild magic surge table. It's like a it's like a what... prolonged exposure to the wild magic stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the magic then, is sort of corrupting these beings. Well, and then when we were down uh, investigating the stream, like wild magic stuff was happening to us. Like, yeah, we were randomly casting spells, changing colors yep. is another wild magic thing for sure. Yep. Um, and so, like when we went in there, I was like, I was like, just this sounds like he's just narrating some some ambient magic, but. It's also possible that if, you know, a bunch of these guys are snuffing this powder in there, like, over and over, like, maybe that it's, like, doing some weird, you know, Mako reactor magic For sure. stuff. You know, and, and I found it interesting that, like, each... So, by the way, um, when we entered the room and defeated the monster, um, we were left with three options to go further in. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um and it was interesting how each one was different like had its own unique thing so blood when it was stuck in the time loop eventually just spud down one of the halls mm -hmm. um another one had the ticking that oh um, yeah that wash was talking about and the, the other one was it just a light yeah it was, it was a, light. a cauldron cauldron right oh um and I so that. It. yeah no was, yeah designed <laughs> yeah like yeah, we let the the, the what are they my called? Conid. Mus, my, my conid. Yeah, and it was like, hey, mushroom guy, you choose where the party goes. <laughs> yeah, you I like, trust him wholeheartedly. Zoth and him are buds, best buds. Yeah, that's that's the equivalent, true. by the way. By the way, Chad, this is the equivalent of like you're like a bunch of grown men traveling in the middle of Europe. You're lost. You don't speak the language, and you ask the 13 year old you brought along, like, <laughs> hey, kid, uh, where are we going? <laughs> like, hey, he's been down in these out. caves longer than we have. Uh, when in doubt, follow your spoon, buddy. Right, right. Spoons for life, man. <laughs> I wish I knew what we were referencing, but that sounds great. Uh, Dolph spooning with the with the, yeah. Oh, yeah. forgot about that on more than one occasion, mind you. Yes, true. It's it's, it's, it's the right their regular sleeping pattern now. Somebody mark that down. Somebody write um, that down. Yeah, uh, it, it, Josh is going to be editing the, the podcast, right? I would assume so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Josh, I want you to to <laughs> say how many times that has happened in the in the campaign. I think it's twice, but I would say I twice. Twice, twice is my guess just, as well. Just hard cut voice clip whatever it is. <laughs> I'll understand. Yeah. Hey Josh, while you're while you're doing edits, <laughs> can you uh, can you super cut in how many times Jeb has referred to somebody as pup or cub? Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, no. Now oh. that's evil. Listeners, I want you to remember this moment the next time the group has a boss fight. Just hold on to it.
store it up for posterity. Oh, Josh, while you're, while you're actually while you're editing, could you actually um, DoorDash me some like McDonald's, uh, like just while you're there? Um, you know my address. You know how to get it to me. Like it's you know it's fine. I'm telling you, just just keep this in mind. Just you know, hearken back to it occasionally. Just all right, all right, Josh, I know you're going to cut to you just saying no to all of this, but I, I really, I would laugh if I find out later that he got a door dash out of nowhere of McDonald's. Oh, oh, Josh, while you're editing, I actually don't have anything for you to edit. I just, you know, had FOMO, so I wanted to contribute. So nice. you're doing a great job, Josh. We love you for editing this. Well, you know, maybe one of them can live. Maybe. Yeah. Grubbug had a good question in the chat. Interesting. Um, do you guys base your characters off of anything or anyone when you create them, or are they completely random? Oh, that's Ooh. a fantastic question. Ooh. That's a, that's a good one. Um, that is a good one. I'll start on that one. Uh, when it comes to mine, I definitely say it's like any good joke, right? Any good joke <laughs> has a kernel of truth, right? Mm. Um, so I try to pick out things that I can relate to, uh, maybe not wholly. But I can understand, right? Sure. Because I, I can't act out something I don't understand and that I can't at least try to empathize with. So I try to Not choose with that things. attitude, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always choose characters that are... I try to choose something that's different. I try not to repeat, you know, the same motif too much because it, it gets boring. Um, I try to find something that's a little challenging. So maybe something that I'm not used to acting, but still something that I can pull from. Right. People I've met in my life or, you know, just people and or books or characters I know that I can like understand. That's that's just me. I just I try to choose something that's a little challenging, a little fun, but something I know. Mm. I I started with first kind of the thought of like what class I wanted to play, um, which I know is like like sometimes frowned upon by by like if you want to go really lore heavy or character heavy in a campaign but i started with what what class i wanted to what class i wanted to play and then from there it was really helpful that we all participated in the world building because i was i had a more intimate knowledge of the world we were in so i was able to have the thought of oh what if i had a character that was immensely familiar and was in, and was a part of these major events in the world how would that affect them and what are their goals what do they want to do um so that was really helpful kind of combining like okay class i want to play a barbarian what's a fun like how does that fit into the world also what's a fun way to like do a barbarian oh a barbarian that looks very menacing and is like very strong and good at combat but is actually more of like a scientist and a thinker at heart yeah that's where that's where i came from it's a classic it's a classic yeah opinion thanks um can't go wrong with the classics so for for me personally, um, I usually have different approaches. Like, um, I'll usually like like a lot of times I'm playing with like new people, and so I'll wait to make sure that they play the the things that they want, and then I'll pick my I, I pick my class and race first. Mm. And like as I'm doing that, I sort of have an idea about the character. I also like working with the DM because I like fitting the characters into the world as opposed to just writing a story and giving it to the DM and then the DM like, okay, this is what's going to happen. So sure. I like working with the DM. Um, and then for the Zothcug specifically, um, I was like, okay, so one, 
he he's an orc. Um, like like I was looking in the world, like I wanted to be a cleric, and I'm like, okay, so like which which um like races? I mean, like all races would have clerics in this world, but also like we were looking at like where everyone else is from and like what sort of could fit. And I was working with Josh on this, so we're like, ah, oh, you could be from the orc or the human side. And I'm like, I think it'd be fun to be an orc. Hmm. And I'm like. And then from the orc stage, I'm like, well, orcs are usually like hostile, aggressive, mean, whatever, and like like fighters and stuff. And so I'm like, well, that's the stereotype, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the stereotype. And it's like, also in this world, you know, the orcs were followers of Kelnor, the the party god, or whatever. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this fits perfectly. It would totally make sense for him to just. Just um, just be sort of this devout follower. And then also, I'm like, well, what if he's like the runt of orcs? You know, like mm. follow, following sort of the atypical orc. Like most people would see him and be like, oh my gosh, it's an orc. But like in compared to all the other orcs, he's sort of the runt of the litter. And I'm like, okay, that's perfect. And then sort of personality and mannerisms is just like what I've seen and, and know about uh like stoners in 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 uh, i guess media like like a stereotypical stoner sure cuz a uh, fun fact i have never smoked weed before <laughs> i've never done the same and uh, you can't prove it <laughs> so my character is just my character is just sort of like stere- stereotypical stoner but yeah. you know with the the orc a- atypical like the fact that he's an orc is just yeah, just a little sprinkle on top. Exactly. Uh, you haven't really leaned into the munchies side of uh, the stereotypical stoner yet. No. Have you? Maybe. We, have I just not noticed it? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Like I said, I it's it's, it's I haven't really ever been stoned, mm. so like I don't know what that feels Gosh. like. I'm I'm just like. Let's be honest. The entire time has his character actually you know done druid plants. He hasn't got true. the munchies yet. Once and it didn't taste good, if I recall. It was a bad so. batch. <laughs> I guess if there's any like like pop culture, I guess that I would be sort of referencing is like one that '70s show because that's like the like Stephen Hyde, you know, one of the mm-hmm. the biggest that I know. Um, but also just like sprinklings of other things everywhere, just in media yeah. and whatnot. Maybe he gets the munchies when he casts spells. Like maybe that's, that's funny like once he starts casting a bunch of spells <laughs> he's just like guys oh man we gotta stop somewhere i need some yeah. chips <laughs> i need some bananas <laughs> or b- yeah. Yeah, banana like- chips but yeah so and then um you know kelnor also kind of like makes me or like reminds me of sort of like like also like hippie culture mm-hmm so getting some like just it's so chill guys like don't worry about it man yeah. like we're all good here just let it flow like that sort of yeah Woodstock vibe yeah like just go with it attitude for sure just ride there maybe for the not ride. Woodstock vibe <laughs> now that I think about it <laughs> but you were spooning with the uh, with the mushroom yeah. man so yeah just spooning though nothing else <laughs> I want to be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's going on record. Uh, Strictly yeah, buddies. 
Yeah. Um, but other characters in the past, sometimes it's based off of something. My first character was like Gollum if he was more good. Hmm. And a druid. <laughs> like the personality was kind of like Gollum. He had a cheetah named Precious. He talked in the third person. He was a halfling druid. Interesting. This seems familiar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and there's nothing uh, wrong with that, you know, when you're no. spinning up characters, like rolling into what you know. And and exactly. there's a there's a rule of thumb where if you change like thirty percent of something, it becomes more or less indistinguishable and unique in and of its own accord. Um hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, also... With Jebediah. Oh, sorry, sorry were you done? No, you go. You go. Uh, with Jebediah, I <laughs> I just started from the idea of what if gun wizard? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had had this idea like years ago about, I was like, you know, spell slots. You got spell slots. What if what if spell slots were bullets? And I had this idea of this this Western dude with the big billowing coat and the and the the long you know cowboy hat, the flop like the low floppy one, and mm-hmm. the six shooter, and him loading his spells into his six shooter and casting them out of that. Um, and it just kind of I was just kind of like that would that would just be just be a neat idea. And uh, and that was that was really the only impetus, <laughs> the like. He, he kind of turned into a little bit something something different from that. Uh, I went with the with the dirt folk uh, for his race, just because I kind of felt like they didn't get a lot of attention um, during the world building, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to give Josh a break. I was I was like you know I made those other races and I kind of did a bunch of stuff with them, and I felt like they were decently you know fleshed out. But I, you know, as a as a DM, I kind of wanted a little bit of a of a blank canvas to to improv off of with mm. uh, with the race. And gotta, so I gotta represent, a, you know. Yeah. Represent. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So he so he's just like this tiny. I was like, it was like it's out west. It's western. They're dirt. You know, mm-hmm. dirty, dusty country. That kind of fits with the cowboy gunslinger wizard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And that, that just turned into... <laughs> I, I forget where I got Jebediah Peppermint from. It was... It's a beautiful it was, name. I it is say. a great name. I <laughs> like it a lot. I use I used the random name generator for my name. There's a... Uh, there's a thing with odd syllable. Like an odd number of syllables that makes it kind of kind of flow. Jebediah Peppermint. Is oh, seven. gotcha. Interesting. Um, I don't usually think about how symbols like relate to how something sounds. That's an yeah, interesting. That, so, so that spawned off of, there's an old, uh, did you guys ever watch Animaniacs growing up? No, I did not. I know of it, but I didn't yes. watch it. Okay, so for those of you who are familiar with Animaniacs, uh, with, and specifically with Pinky and the Brain, there's one okay. episode in particular where he where his plot to try to take over the world is to impersonate a cowboy a country singer and and during his analysis of uh, what makes a country singer popular was that their their name have five syllables so he went with <laughs> instead of brain it was bubba boba brain <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about it bubba boba brain you know has got that that role to it and yeah, but yeah. It, the the thing is is that Bubba-boba it's, it's uh, an odd number of syllables so uh but 
the the whole Jebediah peppermint thing actually came like along with that also spawned off of a combination of that and new girl if you've ever seen okay. new girl mm. i love new girl um yeah i can't think of the who's the uh oh the, i was gonna Which say one? who's that one guy but i can't think of the, Do you know the he personality ends up, he ends up writing he, well he ends up dating the girl for for a, a while yeah nick thank you and he's he's writing a book and it's the it's the something i think the guy's name the character's name is something pepperwood oh okay like, i know what you're talking about i don't remember the name though but but it was like enough syllables it was like something something pepperwood and i was like oh pepper pepper okay yeah we'll go like that and jebediah is it was a was a a long flowy sounding western name um that because and it kind of had an older sound to it so that's where that's where jebediah peppermint came came from i think um, the most important thing grub book when creating a character is just your personal investment into it and enjoyment like if sure. you just go online and randomly create one like you'll have a character but you won't really feel it um yeah I think like building the character yourself, you know, from the ground up, backstory, class, race, whatever, like you just get so much more out of it. And then like playing something that you want. I will say like you could, it's, it's, I wouldn't say like gatekeeping wise, like you have to make your own character for it to be a real character. Oh yeah. Uh, of course I, I will say you can still use like auto generated characters as a foundation. Yeah. But mm -hmm. like what you're going to get more enjoyment if you can find a way to personalize it, to uh, you know, attune to it, find yeah. it, you know, put a motivation. spin on it. Yeah. yeah. My, re if I could give a couple recommendations, one would be to keep it simple, keep keep it super simple, like the concept and idea simple, because you want you want that to live in the back of your head, so that you can focus on the game and everything is funneled through that simple concept. So. Uh, I won't say what Jeb's is because that's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah. Um, but but spoiler. but keep it yeah keep it simple so that you can funnel all of your decisions through that. Um, and two, leave holes in your character. Expect your character to grow. Don't don't jump into a, a an adventure with a character that has already you know done his life's I've work. I've completed my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, um, Something that was gifted to me that I find is interesting, I don't always use it, but it's a good reference, is RPG Character Backstory Guide. Oh! It's a really neat book if you want to, like, flesh out your character more. Little do you know, Chad, he's the author. <laughs> I am not the author of this book. It is James D'Amato. James uh, like, Dean. Like, no, sorry. <laughs> That's his pen name. He's lying like, to you. Like for and and its contents are separated by one to set levels one to seven, eight to fourteen, fifteen to twenty. So mm. like at levels one to seven, you have humble beginnings. So you have like idioms. You have save the cat, which is like an alignment exercise if you want to figure try and figure out the alignment. That's uh, really just, cool. The yeah. uh, the. The first character that I made, Malabar Bruv, um, I, I did that. I like looked up a whole bunch of questions of like things to ask him about their family and you know what they would do in certain situations. And it was uh, it was a lot of like world building questions, like if you were going to make a character for writing a book or something to that effect. 
Um, and it was really great. Like Malabar was super duper fleshed out. Um, but, and this is just me, like this isn't critiquing your book, Trevor, or anything, no. or saying that this, that, that you're thing is incorrect or you're anyway. wrong <laughs> but i found i found it was really hard to keep all of that information front loaded oh, yeah. into my brain when playing um if, right. if you like if you were my advice would be if you're going to use a book like that like answer yeah. all the questions and then distill it down mm. as much as possible into a simple concept sure oh, yeah. um Otherwise, I, you're, I you're say, looking at, like, I was looking through my notebook all the time, like, oh, wait, uh, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, an example, something, like, I would do. Like, I don't, I don't flesh out every single detail. I don't usually go through every single question. But, like, save the cat, for example. Choose where your character might fall based on what he or she would or would not do. And uh, if you see a cat, like, stuck in a tree. So, like, it lists some evil actions. You set the tree on fire. You throw a rock at the cat. You save the cat and use the story to get elected to a political office that will allow you to close the city's animal shelters, forcing thousands of feral cats to take residence in trees. <laughs> um, just some examples. That's not all of them. And, like, neutral actions. You feel guilty that you don't have time to help the cat. Hmm. Wonder aloud, hey, who's cat? And then, yeah, some, then like, good walk action. on. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, um, uh, to build off of this, right? Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, I feel like we're dancing around it. And I, I think my favorite part about, especially what Wash said, right? Having that simple concept in the back of your mind is if you start simple, very generic, the best part about that is that you will discover the character yeah. as you play. Sure. Um, and it's going to be new to you. You know, you're going to come to a moment and, like, what would my character do? And then right then, you're there, you're creating this story development and you get to grow with the character, right? You're learning about the character as the character grows and it it makes it a lot more interesting. Sure. That can be very intimidating for a new player too, but it's perfectly normal and and it's highly advisable to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And your DM should be able to help you too, like... This is what I'm looking for in a backstory. And a lot of DMs will just say, hey, send me like a bulleted list, too. And another thing, too, if you have played D&D before and you're like, ah, dang, I didn't put any of this effort into my character. That's totally fine. Like, you know, like it's perfectly valid to like enjoy D&D, like play a one shot, play a campaign, whatever, where you're just there to like hang out with your friends or to like, ah, yes, this character is generic fighter man and I'm okay with yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like that's, and I'm just making yeah. decisions based upon myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay yeah. too. And, and that's how I started playing D and D. It's just that, you know, then eventually, you, you know, if you keep playing a lot, then I feel like you naturally kind of want to like flesh out your characters more and do I mean, some oh. stuff like that. TBH, right? It's, it's like going to the beach. Yeah. Like everybody goes to the beach, but what you do there is up to you. You know, like D D is the same way. D D is just a vehicle to have fun. Yeah. How yeah. you play D D, how serious you take it, you know, how much you know effort you put into the world building. It's just it's like going to the beach, you know? Yeah. Am I gonna pack up, plan every itinerary, or am I just gonna, you know, hop in the car, let's go? You know, am I gonna start digging holes in the sand and <laughs> jump into the waves, or am I gonna go, you know, play volleyball and you know, do activities like it's whatever you want it to be. Exactly. That's the best part about it. I had this idea a little while ago. I, I don't. I doubt it's a new idea because D and D's been around much longer than <laughs> I've been playing it. But I had this idea of playing a through a campaign where the players play themselves in Forgotten Realms, 
Mm. And so it becomes a what if scenario of what if you got teleported out of your hometown into a fantasy setting and you make your own choices based upon how you would feel if you were in that scenario. So it's an isekai. More or less. <laughs> Put it in anime terms. Um, I, I think that's very interesting because then you learn a bit more about yourself, right? Yeah. If you, if you try to do it, everything you do, and then you're like, what would I do in that moment? Yeah. yeah. I think then the, you're, then you're like, it, it like would hopefully kill some murder hobo tendencies and some other yeah. like you know but that's like, it's like the thing too it's like, what like, would i do like you get into a combat scenario and then it's like well i can't kill these people i don't want to kill anyone yeah but like, or you find out your really friend's a serial killer <laughs> yeah that i will say i think the key to this kind of thing would be getting players that you know are going to be invested in the idea of role-playing as themselves yeah because i because t- i could totally mm-hmm. see and nothing against people that i have played D with but i could totally see like going in with that concept of like yeah it's me in D and then still devolving into murder hobo like just <laughs> just, just yeah. like immediately yeah. like and second the, or third the- session yeah, because it's like, well, it's just a game, man. Like, yeah, and you just disassociate from like exactly. what you would actually I mean, do. Guys, what if he's not dissociating? What if he's trying <laughs> to tell you something. Maybe you should call the police before you find, before he finds out that you found out the truth. Dang. True. Hmm. Yes. Very interesting that you would make that choice. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Tell me more about your father and your childhood. <laughs> Oh, um, but real quick, we have to finish up the session we were talking about. What do we though? We're like, really? We're like right at the end. There's only one more thing that happens. All right, all right. TLDR. What we is the last thing that happens? Yeah, I don't and, remember. And, and and a guy came out and said, "Hey, what you doing?" And we're like, "Ah, it's circle, circle, oh, circle." Oh, dies oh yeah, that is cootie shot. Okay. And then one of the monsters murdered him right in front of us. He got a vaccine. <laughs> How did I forget was, that all of this happened? Too late. <laughs> he got a vaccine from life. Um, it's one hundred percent vaccine. Like um, a D D therapy session. Yeah, that's what that's what the that's what the D the D and D IRL role playing um, yourself yeah, so would be. Tell me about <laughs> your, your childhood. childhood. <laughs> all right, everyone, Let's strap in. Yeah. No, all right, all right. For real though, <laughs> just just yeah. to wrap this up, so that way we can we can tie it on a bow and say we don't need to go back. All right, um, we're in this weird cave. We go down. You know, Mushroom Man picks the path. We go down into the cauldron area, where we get cauldron like maybe five gross, seconds filled yeah, with we, like body oh, parts. Oh yeah, stuff. and it like smells horrible. Some cannibalism. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Um, we get a brief moment to look at it, and then Circle comes in, and we're like there you are he's like there i am and then an arm like stabs through him and he's like there i'm not and <laughs> and they were like oh my god and then the session ended yeah which how i don't forget left. all of this what what was how what dang <laughs> it I just wasn't that important school i mean come on circle dying that's not important <laughs> yeah dang he is the one who led us here <laughs> You know details. You know that's why I'm glad we have this because I would have forgotten. I will say I was mildly disappointed that we didn't have a chance to to heal to save him. Yeah, just that he got stabbed and then he fell to the ground dead. Mm. But 
I wasn't going to challenge the DM on that. That's no. true. I wasn't going to the... challenge you, Josh. I wasn't going to. I thought <laughs> hey, about it, but McDonald's I didn't. Hey, my McDonald's still isn't here, Josh. <laughs> well, Josh, also, it's, been, it's, been, it's been 35 minutes, of, like, Josh. A lot of NPCs and monsters don't abide by like the death rule. Like yeah. They mm. just die when they hit well, zero. Because it was cooler, a good story, right? You know, sometimes you can't save all the NPCs, and that's what yep. makes it better. You like, know? It's How like funny Skyrim would it be when if you're you, in like yeah. a if you're in like a final boss fight, and like they do follow the death saving rule. So like it, it passes, it like rolls a nat twenty, and it just comes back up. At you one go up point, and though. hit him three times with <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get you back down. What's happened? Make sure he's out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. The, oh. the it's it's like a video game. It's like when you're playing Skyrim and there's like NPCs you can't kill and then NPCs yeah. that have to die for the story. Like that's that's just how it be sometimes. Trevor's right though. There are, like, like are that. like uh, I think rules as written there aren't death saves for yeah. for NPCs. Interesting. But, I mean, but they can exist if you want. They can. But it's it's the same oh crap moment as like when you find out that an an enemy has levels and you're like oh he's mm. a level eighteen fighter um, yeah it's not just a stat block he's he's got levels yeah. that's that's the problem <laughs> yeah he's got skills like your uh, your your monster fight in our one job hey, last week speaking of which good segue that I did there huh Ooh, yeah, yeah. For sure. beep, 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 beep. speaking nice. of which running level twenty characters. As a DM is difficult, guys. I'm Guess sure. I, I bet yeah. you didn't know that because you're not that's, familiar that's a, with them. Yeah, level that was 20, a challenge. There's a lot, lot of, lot of things you have access to. Yeah, for sure. That's Talk it. Actually, felt weird remembering uh, like, what spells do. Controlling a high level enemy, like a high level monster, even at that point too, because it was like you were like familiarize yourself with the stat block, and I did the best I could, but then it was still just like ah crap. I literally have so many spells and so many like actions I can do. I do need to like go through this multiple times again. Legendary actions, OP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make a fair point, right but uh, I mean, I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I agree. It's just stupid. <laughs> I guess like the the theory behind legendary actions is more so like if you have like four adventurers fighting like a giant dragon and like it, it's four on one so like four yep. turns to his one like legendary actions are yeah. supposed to mitigate that for sure yeah it's it's totally buffing their action economy that's pretty much all it is yeah. which makes sense but when you have you don't four wanna... monster four monsters with each have legendary actions yeah that's Dude. not using them the way they're intended which is super fun yeah but yeah. I, I will say, um, Wash had a great opening into that. Um, <laughs> Sorry about yeah. the sound you alert make, not working, Grumbug. You make me blush, Matt. You make me blush. <laughs> the sound alerts are on and off with when they work and when they don't. Like, I, Josh and I have been trying to troubleshoot them. I'm sorry about that. Sound alerts may not hey, be working right now, chat. My bad. Jake, Jake, or yeah. Matt, which of you know how the nailed it sound effect goes? Like, could you recreate it? Nailed with it! Your mouth? Nailed it! Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You got a Verbal two for sound, one. You, sound alerts. You got, yeah. the, you got the good old hey, classic no. where it repeats like that bug. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Um Yeah, no, that was that was that was a really great opening. And I think we we hammed it up a bit and it just got undercut severely by Jake, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I um, I uh 
when he said, you know, Goofy is okay and like the beginning is going to set the tone. So here's here's my secret. I didn't have Mitch the Lich figured out until like the turn before I was supposed to introduce myself. <laughs> like no yeah. way. No, that I was, was like, I, I was like, oh crap! What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I was like, okay, what rhymes with Lich? I think that'd be kind of funny. Mitch rhymes with Lich. Okay. And then like first thing I thought was like, hey, I'm Mitch, Mitch the Lich, and like just being like, ah, frat guy. That's what we're doing. Okay. And just like, there we Dude, go. That was great. Uh, I I gotta say, what was it? Um, Wash introduces like very gloomy. You know, dark undercave, vast cavern, and at the center is this large obelisk. You know, with five thrones surrounding it, and it's in the shape of a pentagon. And so, me and Trevor are like very serious. We have a throne. He's like, I'm a, I have a throne made of of flares and mind flares, and I sit upon them. And I'm like, I have a throne made out of out of sea life. You know, like old dead sea life. And I sit in a giant iron. Costume and then is Mitch the Lich, bro. Hey! <laughs> I got a, I got a throne, throne of bones, you know, and like of bones. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, Josh did the voice modulator. Like, did the yeah, whole. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was oh, pretty yeah. fun. I was really curious as to why he wasn't talking for the, like yeah, a long me time. Too. Yeah, because we're like we we got into chat. We're we're like setting things up like yeah. about. 15 30 minutes earlier josh is just typing in chat he's not speaking yeah. we're like what's going on what's going on at the very beginning i thought he was in a bad mood like when he wasn't typing in <laughs> chat and like i just got there i was just like is josh just like pissed off like he's not <laughs> saying anything like what's that guy, going Jake, on showed up again yeah like and then he, and then he started typing in chat and then i was like okay it must be like something something that's something you know but yeah something something yeah. something I don't funny. know if he told you guys, but like he told me beforehand, he was like, hey, I'm going to do a thing with my voice. And he like showed me how it worked. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. that's perfect. Go ahead and do it. I was like, what program are you using? And he was like, oh, no, I'm not using software. I just tinkered with my audio settings and just yep. made that happen. So he couldn't turn it off. It yeah. was just yeah. like it was his mic settings. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That explains a lot. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did not reveal that to us at all. No, no yeah, that we was didn't a surprise. Know. We didn't know until he opened his mouth at his character introduction. <laughs> yeah. Also, Matt being a crack and stuffed inside, controlling an, uh, a golem suit. That was pretty Dude, good. That was great. Uh, I, I identify as a colossus. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Dude, that colossal warforged is killer. Like, holy cow, that thing does so much damage. It is so scary. I didn't My, even that know was... that thing existed. Where did you get that from? Um, I pulled it from, I forget what source it was from. I could probably pull it up in a little bit, but I, I do got to say, um, it's like its own separate source. Okay. It's got its own lore and everything. Um, like, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of monsters and other things attached to that, but I will say it's supposed to be piloted mm. by like three small creatures, you know, three medium sized creatures. And it's supposed to be like a giant mech suit. Yeah. Right. With an entire army. Really? Like just sitting inside of it. Yeah. Like it's like supposed to be multi multi-floored, you know, like, and there's a command center where the person does the main piloting. There's a weapons man who does all the weapons. So it's like the, the mech suit from uh, Legend of Korra. Uh, yeah, the it's, giant it's, mech. it's crazy, um, but it fits an entire army. It's like the Trojan horse. Yeah, it's except like Voltron. You never <laughs> believe that it was a trap, and instead you run for your life as it starts, <laughs> you know, shooting artillery at you. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I will say my favorite moment from that right off the bat was um, right at the opening. I, I, I used one of its abilities. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going. We're going with the one that takes my entire turn. It's just like bomb, giant laser bomb. Six seconds goes like 150 feet in a straight line, 10 feet wide, giant laser. Just an Iron Man unibeam, basically. I'm, I'm just thinking in my head like War of the Worlds, like classic yeah. War of the Worlds, like bomb. <laughs> That's cool. It's so scary. Uh, there's a there's some weird stuff that happens when it stomps. Like it's like it's just melee attack. It's just a stomp, mm. but. Like if you fail a deck save, it says you're prone, and until the Colossus uses its stomp again or moves, you're restrained. And so the yep. way that I interpreted that is that it stomps, and everybody's just like in the air, <laughs> like they they can't move around. They're just like or, or like on the ground, stunned or whatever. And then it stomps again, and they're just like Boof. just bouncing. See, I just assumed. Place. That you got lucky and you got pinned under the foot, but not ultimately crushed by the 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 hundred tons or so of this colossus. Huh. Yeah. Maybe because it says but yours makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, it's than says, surviving a hundred tons. It says any creature in a twenty foot radius around it, centered around yeah. the cylinder of that point. So it's like its foot hits, and then twenty feet to either side. It's just like. Just a huge yeah. like shockwave, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That's so, cool. So crazy. But yeah, then, no. Um, do we want to cover that? Sure, we might as Real well. Quick? I feel like I'm I'm good with what we talked about for the previous. Do D &D we have anything session. else for for our tavern session? Okay, so so for the Wing Badger Tavern game, I'm super excited. Like, okay, let's do this to wrap that up. What are yeah. your theories? for the story and what is what is going on like sure what's happening in the future sure um okay so hear me out all right big brain big brain moment here okay brain. now TBD. let's let's wind the clock back a little bit before magic stopped right we're going on we a journey take us on a journey Matt. yeah we how this far back moment. are we going um, where wingle digits was first invented mm. okay and we we deliberated and we're like what but what could it do what is its value and it's a magic currency you can use it to cast spells and by then you know it doesn't matter if it's gold or silver it has intrinsic value because it has usefulness and it was supposed to be the currency of the future and then magic disappeared but you know what i bet you there's somebody who's disgruntled a disgruntled employee, disgruntled at the world, that Wingle Digits wasn't picking up fast enough. So he thought, what is the best way to get Wingle Digits off the floor if magic disappeared and the only way you could cast magic was with my Wingle Digits? And, and lo and behold, next thing you know, magic disappears. We find magic rivers underground flowing over here. And all of a sudden, when we go start going over there, some salesmen start selling wingle digits for a hefty price. And he's like, they're going to go up in value. You sell them. You buy them for me and then you sell them for profit. Yep. I'm just saying it's like it's got it's got the whole scheme. Yeah, I'm, I'm so with, my, with Matt. My theory goes a little bit deeper. I think Ooh, that a couple layers. Yeah, we're gonna peel back that onion a little bit, donkey, <laughs> and we're gonna ex gonna gonna go just a little bit deeper. My theory is that the company that produces Wingle Digits is the one who broke magic. Oh yeah, that 
that they are funneling all of the magic into their mine or whatever, yep. like essentially yeah. making a Mako, a Mako reactor and are yeah. sucking it all in and creating a, a demand for magic, yeah, essentially bottling air and selling it back to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And turning off life support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that even, even deeper, I think Ooh. there might be Ooh. an even more nefarious purpose besides just like getting rich off of wingle digits. Like, you know, like having that take off. Maybe there's like some sort of deity, like evil deity or demon that's behind it or something. I don't know. I feel like one step deeper might be where where the story is taken. Where like maybe there's a boss that we fight at some point who really does believe in wingle digits and was just doing it to like I want wingle digits to take off simply for the fact of I'm gonna get rich or whatever. All right. Um, but Here, hear me so, out. <laughs> hear me out. Hat. All right. Gotta gotta really think about this one. All right, guys. All right. So. All right. Hear me out. I'm hearing. They want to control us. All yes. right. All you, all you magic users, you're all sheep. You're all sheep, and they knew it. They took advantage of you. They took away your magic, and now they control you. And they, they feed you your magic in winkle digits, and you accept it because it's the only magic you can get, and you don't know the truth. The truth is out there. You just need to dig deeper, literally, in some cases. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, yeah. Here's my thought. Can I, can I like, Go ahead. basically along the lines of you guys. Someone, some company, something built these these like I guess dams if you want to call them that, and they basically suck the magic out of the world. Yep. And they're funneling them into the Wingle digits because you know what else do you do with it? And and I want you guys to ask from if you remember from the world building, who benefited the most from magic disappearing race wise? Do you remember? Probably the men, the humans. Hmm. I don't know. Magic? I don't know. <laughs> it's like the magic. It's like when benefited. the teacher asks you like a multiple choice so, question and you're like, Do you remember the war in the underdark? But what is it between the um It was between the, the elves and the, and the drow. And the drow. Oh, the Hamitians and the drow. Because when magic went away, we we, we stated that the Hamitians like severely outnumbered the drow and basically won that war. Oh. So what if it's a Hematitian plot? Oh, interesting. Another... Josh is, mm-hmm. Josh is in the stream taking notes like, ah, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> the the Hematitians, I believe, are are good aligned, though. Okay. Mm. I mean, that, that doesn't mean that there there can't be some sort of corruption like of an individual well, or something, but as a race... I thought Trevor was saying that the drow were doing it because the drow were losing. No, no, no. The drow, no, the drow would be got, using magic. Got defeated by the by having no magic. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think another another like this is more like in addition, like the the black powder has to be like it like the stuff that's inside the widget wingle digits that makes it work, right? Like that's yeah, like they're compressed. That's gotta or be what like it that. is. Yeah. I'm see. pretty sure because it's wild magic. So like, yeah, it's interesting. I was telling, I think I was telling you, Matt, after that stream. We kind of hung out for a little bit, and I was like, if we get in a bad way, if Jeb gets in a bad way, he's totally going to try jamming, like, five of those wingle digits down the muzzle of his blunderbuss and casting a spell and and seeing what happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
That'd it's be gonna interesting. go horribly wrong, and I'm 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 it's be so like eight ready fireballs. for it. <laughs> oh yeah, like a fireball upcast uh, level level seven or but something. I think we're we're in an enclosed space. <laughs> we're we're getting close to to getting some answers, you know, with these minds and stuff. Yeah, I think so too. At least for for this arc. Yeah, I definitely I'm, think we got the, the the general outline, but it's like figuring out the details. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to see what Josh paces this campaign like, like what his plan is for like larger arcs versus smaller arcs. And I don't know. I'm just I'm excited because I like the pacing so far. It's like a good it's a good night. Yeah. Two and a half hours for a session is shorter than I've normally done. So However, I like it. Like, I think it's fun. So I, before... I don't know what it is. But I feel like we cover a lot of ground story-wise in each session, and I think I've that's because Josh has the Josh has the tension pool mechanic to keep us moving. Um, and Things I think that's happening. a big part of it. Yeah, and we're, we're always on some... camera, so we we feel that stress a little bit, right? That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, this is not like there's a difference between streaming a D and D session and feeling like you have to be on and on camera and like in character, as opposed to like. Just hanging out with your friends and eating yeah. a bunch of junk food and playing D and cracking a cold one with the yeah. boys. Yeah, exactly. You get you have side conversations bolts. and talk about your day and just just random things. Yeah, I think oh, that's man, what that was a missed group. That was a missed joke. You could have had uh, North crack a cold one. You could have been. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I missed um, it, but, but I think you know our answers will lie deeper in this mind but as we go deeper we'll run into more and more crazy monsters and for sure i think this magic is definitely messing up some people that's for sure i'm ready to fight some vampires yeah i don't think we'll fight i think we'll fight way worse than vampires Ooh, i think that's what we do to be honest i don't know know. i'm I'm anticipating like some hook horrors and some Carrion crawlers mm. and like uh, carrion crawlers. That's a throwback. I haven't seen a they're, carrion they're crawler annoying. in a while. Yeah, yeah. They just drop from the ceiling. Oh yeah. I tormented a, a, a party with them. Like they were in a cave. Like it's simple, and then they just randomly drop on them. The sorrow sworn reskinned as like drug addicts would be a really good monster mm. for for that area too. Although yeah. one thing one thing is critical for Zoth, and that is protecting Yeah. Like, sure. If Yeah dies, say, we riot. Speaking of the Karen, you know, crawlers. Thirty second tangent. Karen, Karen crawlers. They complain to the manager. Karen That's crawlers. how they yes. kill you. Yeah. <laughs> they the drop down. Crawlers. Can I speak to your manager? You're <laughs> interrupting my snap. I I, I got to say, thirty second tangent to something completely unrelated. <laughs> Go um, for it. Deep Rock Galactic, good game. You should buy it. Um, uh, it's totally a thing in that game where like things just re eat you from the roof, and if nobody's there to save you, you're dead. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm imagining. It's just like Cavelich. except it comes down to you. I, I'm done. No, I'm done. Tangent done. Tangent done. Wow. Um, for, four seconds. Se- yeah. <laughs> seconds. You did it. Wow. For for, record. for the podcast people, as Matt was finishing up his statement, Wash holds up a timer. And he didn't even start it at first. Why'd you gotta call me out on uh, like that? I, I started the timer at the beginning of his rant. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you about. talking about, Wash? He's obviously lying. Yes so and, Trevor. Yes and. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Someone's never taken an improv class. <laughs> You're right, I haven't. How'd you know? Out for the uh, for the audio listeners, though, he's he's yeah. he's a good guy. Yep. He's on your team. Yeah, he's he's well, on your team. Yeah. I'm not, but he's on your team. <laughs> he's considerate, unlike I mean, me. I mean, Josh can still just cut out my bit anyway, make it look. Hey, Josh, while you're editing this, <laughs> can you just like say hi to everybody? Like, just be like, hey. Josh I'm can Josh. literally record himself, like, splice, spline his audio in with ours and pretend like he was there the whole time. That is true. Josh, right? he could try. He Josh, could try. while you're editing this, can you, can you cut the first <laughs> syllable of every word of what Trevor has said so far and just make a super cut? <laughs> just up to this point. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Thanks man. Josh, while you're editing, Josh, I think you should definitely uh, DoorDash me more McDonald's. I've already received the previous <laughs> McDonald's order. Um, it's time for more, though. So, Also, oh Josh, is in, three. Josh see, is in the I see chat. I see Josh in the chat. They'll oh never know. <laughs> Josh has enough audio recording of us speaking where he could pretty much make us say whatever we want, whatever he wanted. This is true. True. <laughs> he could try. Hey Josh, while you're watching this, uh, can you like look back at the at the recordings and and can you see the, all the edits and do all the edits that we requested of you? Yeah. <laughs> while you're watching. While you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I'm he sorry, has to go time lapse of sunrise. Oh, he's in a completely very different time zone. I forget oh, about right. I forget about how time works when you're in Africa. No that's, one knows how time works. Yeah. It's Dang. all made up. Uh, wow, I just missed a great opportunity. Uh, bless the raised out in Africa. Africa. We can't I, 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 I was, was going to add on to that, but I, I forgot the lyrics. So. Bless the Josh down in Africa. What are you doing awake at 5.30 a.m., Josh? Go to bed. He's got a time lapse of sunrise. No, shake. go to bed. bed. Yeah. Sleep. Go to bed. <laughs> hey, Josh, while you're editing this, can you bless the rains down in Africa for me? He please? said <laughs> yesterday it rained. We blessed it. He he said he did oh. it. Oh, yeah. wow. He, you're wow. Of the edits, Josh. You got to do all of them now. You've committed. <laughs> <laughs> got to do them all now. You've committed. Got to oh. edit them all. Got to edit them all. Yeah. He just no said life. what he was doing. Hey, Josh, go to bed. <laughs> anyway that's that's anyway. all making a lot of sense for the podcast listeners um yes. yeah, uh, wait, wait wait no i i'll i'll help out the podcast listeners no, okay. you won't. the podcast so, so we're sitting here we're talking right <laughs> okay. and i'll i'll read that to is you what the we're conversation doing. uh before we started addressing josh personally we received the following message <laughs> they'll never know <laughs> mm. which case we saw and started to react and we're adding on to the bit you know Josh, you should edit. This is the and worst. Then, <laughs> and then he's like, worst. Sorry, I cannot watch. In just a few minutes, I have to watch the sunrise. You know what's something I respect about I wish this, Matt though? Was sorry. Is, is Matt's bit commitment. He is just going through this. It's a high I, bit I commitment commit to the right bit. now. We, do, yeah. we did read out the messages as they came in. I don't Josh, know why he needs to do Josh, this. Josh, I wish the sound alerts worked, but I can myself do the sound alert. I thought they worked because we've been getting them to work earlier, but now they don't. Run. There you go. We redeemed it. And then the second one. 
run. I was going to say that was a fake, but it even had the awkward delay in between them. Like, the, the, the I feel like we, need, we need to add add to the, the channel points. Like, we make whatever sound effect just with our mouths. And yeah. whatever, whatever's going on in game, you stop doing whatever you're doing to make the sound effect yourself. Yeah, look Pretty the camera's yeah. dead in the eye. So, you know. so we, Josh, here's what you need to do. You need to make a, a point thing that you can spend points on that turns the stream into an acapella stream so that yeah. all of the, the future stuff that's that's purchased has to be done with voice instead acapella. of the sound clips. Yeah. I just yeah. like how Josh is in Africa like doing basically his job and we're over here like, Josh, you need to do this. Josh, you need to edit it so it does this. Josh, can you please do this? <laughs> yep. I really it's not like you're Josh doing anything like, important over in Africa and in like a different time zone entirely and he still dropped in on the stream at 5.30 yeah. in the morning mad, mad to, respect. to hang out Commitment. with us. Mad respect. Yeah. Josh, would you please, if you don't mind, edit um, <laughs> your your chats in with your voice when you said them, just insert them into the stream. Um, thanks. Appreciate Feel it. Feel free man. to use my voice clips for the first couple if you, if you choose. Oh, yeah. For Remember, sure. every first syllable of mine is being taken out. You know, mm. just don't want you to forget that one. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget you're counting how many times Jebediah has called somebody pup or cub. Can't forget that one. For sure. Yeah. Yep. It's your thing, cub. Don't worry about it, pup. <laughs> that counts. That counts. Yeah, that two, counts. Of them. two of them just then. <laughs> I, I want to see I the counter go up. I cub once. And I said, hey, pup, how you doing, pup? You're the best cub ever, pup. <laughs> that counter better be go, like just going up. Ding, okay? ding, 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 ding. That's it. I'm upset. <laughs> yep. I'm upset. He's upset. Uh, that's a throwback reference right there. That's like. That is. That's, wait, was that when we used to solo stream stuff? Like when we uh, actually tried to do that? I think so. Dang. Um, it was back when we solo stream stuff. What uh, that time? was definitely. Um, pulled. It might have been pulled. That might may have pulled slightly from our friend group too, because that was a, during a time where I just got angry at things, and that I was like, "That's it, I'm upset." And yeah, and then, then yeah, yeah, it, it was when upset. Josh was. It was Josh when he was doing his control stuff. Like that's where it came from, at least for the stream. That's uh, funny. True, true. Man, we've been doing this for almost a year. This is a total aside, but yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> anyway, what do you mean? Th this is when you specify it's an aside. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Hey guys, some time is better than no time. Hey guys, do you remember yeah. that one time when um, <laughs> we when had a, a Jake's D &D witch podcast? got thrown through the air and face planted into the ground and then got shot in the butt with four arrows? I do remember right. that. That was a Six good arrows. Way fun times. Jake was the only one who even came close to dying. Josh, this is definitely the most sidetracked we've ever been on this show. But I think <laughs> that's okay. You like joined, yeah, we're, we're I like blaming it too. you, Josh. It's you, you, it's because you joined the chat for sure. You wouldn't be so sidetracked if you didn't join the chat. Hey, Josh, you can edit out this this sidetrack. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to Josh. edit without context when he when he said pub and and whatnot. And you got to add the counter to that. You still have to edit that in. All sure. right. Hey, Josh. So, so back, you, back on. Can you edit out this entire sidetrack and put it at the beginning of the episode as like a foreshadowing uh. thing? But <laughs> yeah. since it's so long, just play it at like 8x so that it's just like <laughs> scrunched down really <laughs> short. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. All righty. So um, <laughs> what D&D &D things were, all, were, were on the, the docket? Uh, all we I think we're just gonna uh, the we've finished the docket. We just you know if we want to talk about uh, 
the the one shot and just our thoughts on on it we can do that other than that i like we have we have gone through the standard tavern talk docket it was um, really cool yeah i thought it was <laughs> super it. fun i i enjoyed the aspect of playing uh uh, a, a, a monster and a high level monster at that and also I liked the variety in what we chose like the fact that Matt was a Kraken pretending to be a Colossus was really interesting like and then also like a brain dragon like that's cool or or whatever the heck it was so called I, I picked the brain dragon because it was getting a lot of like like clout on, on TikTok and stuff mm. like like everyone was, was hating on it I'm like man I'm gonna be that one. It was like nice. fresh in my mind. Like like a Tarask just felt like uh that's what everyone would do. Sure. But an elder rain dragon, no one's gonna play that. Yeah. It looks gross. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then and then Josh is like a the- aspect of Tiamat. Like that's like we just had so much variety. And then like I was the although in creature size we did not have variety. We had three giant creatures and one medium creature, but it was still really fun. Sorry, I I interrupted you, Wash. So rude. No, I was just going to say know. that um, fun thing about the uh, Elder Brain gra- Dragon is that three of you guys asked to play it. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, really? Oh. Yes. Yeah. I didn't and know And you that. were the first one to pick it, Trevor. <laughs> so I was, oh, like, heck yeah. I was like, sorry, guys, it's already been picked. <laughs> Dang. So yeah. I'm the only one who didn't ask to play the Elder Brain Dragon. Yeah, I think I was the that, third. It was weird. I, I think I was the I, third. I like Lich as a concept. I think is really fun. I've I've played campaigns where like Lich the Lich boss was like a really memorable boss and I've also um I love the first Ready Player 1 book. Ready Player 2 is a garbage mm-hmm. book. But the first <laughs> it's so bad. I could go on an entire thing about how horrible Ready Player 2 is. Ready right. Player 1 is really a good feel, bo- Jake. <laughs> oh, it's it's horrible. Ready Player 1 is a good book though and there's a really fun scene with uh, a Lich in the first yeah. quest in Ready Player 1. And <laughs> Elder I thought- Brain Chicken. <laughs> Nice. Um, I want to play in a campaign where Mitch the Lich is the final boss. It's like hey, I want to play in a campaign. Yes, please. I want to play in a campaign where Mitch the Lich is the party's patron, and he's like sending oh, him on. Let's go on quests. <laughs> we gotta get. Play, we gotta get the brewskis for the party later, man. Like, yeah, you gotta go get them. There, I mean, they are like guarded by Tiamat or something, but you know, like, you just gotta do it. Dude, he yeah. owes me a six pack. He has it at his house. He might not yeah. recognize you as my buds. Might have to fight him for yeah. it, but you know he owes me. Yeah, gotta get that six pack. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Wash. Um, before the campaign, it sounded like you had gifts already prepared for everyone to go and fetch. And I know in the moment I just sort of made up a gift, but I wanted to know: Did you have a gift that I was supposed to have given him? And I what was it? If you did, okay, interesting. Okay. Not. So th- technically, uh, according to what I have written down, they aren't gifts. They, oh, okay. they, in the last game that I ran, one of them ended up being a gift because it, uh, because of the way that the character had like role played her character, and mm. she was like, like super chummy with with the dragon and whatnot, and he was like, oh, you know that thing you gave me, and I also kind of wanted to seed a little bit of uh, player buy in, like if she was she was role playing her character enough that. It, that if she knew that it was something that she gave him that was stolen, she would have been ticked off. And she was. She was like, what? <laughs> he took that you set of teacups? Yeah. Huh. I'm going to pound his face in. 
Um, and then you, the way you guys were kind of rolling into it a little bit too, kind of, kind of getting a little, little buddy, buddy, chummy, chummy. I was like, I was like, okay, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. And then when you, when you just roll, just improv the, the uh, giving him a mind flare, and everybody had been dogging on them already. It was like I, I couldn't turn it down. It was just great. I was like, oh no, they didn't see that one. <laughs> wish, they, wish they would have. Yep. Bury the mind flare. He's still there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just yeah, like the idea. Like that's the only currency or thing he values and has. So that's the only thing he'll ever use as currency. It was Man, pretty this good. is why we don't invite good. him to the poker table. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. He only deals in one thing. Also, bye, Josh. Yeah. We did, but he's he's off to film the sunrise. But like, like, bye. I don't think it came up, but like the idea of having like basically each mind player has its own personality and basically is good at its own thing. So it's like, I'll give you the party mind player. I'll put up, you know, the chore mind players. That's funny. I like that too. I it didn't really come up, but. Uh, I thought it was an interesting spin on it because normally mind flayers are very like, like almost high society, like like yeah. they very much value themselves, and then the ones that they boss around are their thralls. But yeah. so this is like an elder brain dragon who is treating his mind this is flayers next, like next thralls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah was and there's funny. a hierarchy in the mind Listen, flayers. This is thralls. This is you. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Like it's he doesn't make anything of. Uh, just just <laughs> for perspective, mind flayers are like a CR seven. The elder brain dragons like a CR twenty two. Yeah, yeah, it's no joke. And he then just, there's he just learned how to drink alcohol a year ago. Okay, there's like wizard mind flayers, and I think they're like between mind flayer and elder brain dragon. I think they're like a CR fifteen or something. Mm. Yeah. I too agree that my joke was not that funny, so I'm glad we, <laughs> we, we skipped over it. I'm, so I'm, was... I'm going to be CR21 in only like a two weeks. I'm excited about oh, that. Nice. Anyway, Ooh. yeah, exciting. It is exciting. Anyway, yeah, no, I think anyway. that's really that's a really fun like twist on 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 yeah, just like Elder Brain Elder Brain Dragon is so powerful that it's just like mind flare. It's like, like literally, I sit on mind flares like that, like that, <laughs> like actually, yeah. That was his throne. Yep, just a pile of mind flares. Yes. I'm behind you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jake. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be CR forty in like a month. Whoa! <laughs> Congratulations. Mm. Yep. You're a very I'm, powerful I'm up, monster. I'm up there above uh, aspect of Tiamat. I think she's only only a mere CR thirty five. I think. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Take that. I mean, think Sandy. about it. If you're born on on, on February 29th, you'd be CR 10 next month. But I think that was also the problem. Wash, which is, is that February, we were like but... way above what a level 20 party adventuring party could handle too. Yeah. What? So so the weird thing about balancing that, which it really isn't intended to be a balance, is that no. yeah, it's a one shot. So I mean yeah. It's it's kind of exactly. go big, go home. Things are going to hit super hard, and it's going to be terrible, and that's going to be fun. Or it's going to be super weak, and my guys are going to get blown away, and it's going to be fun. As it's you just kind of got to yeah. It's not it's For not sure. intended to be balanced the same way as a uh, yeah as a. Uh, campaign hey pro tip for all you players and uh would-be dungeon masters if you're wanting to try and dm for the very very first time don't do a one shot it's harder to dm a one shot than it is mm. a campaign any day of the week i disagree with that but 
but the, also the Trevor, amount. I will. I will say, Trevor. What I've heard. <laughs> what I've heard is your one shots are never one shots. They That's are, true. They, they are aren't. three session long trilogies or things yes. such as that. My last Sorry, one see, shot three sessions. Yeah. Have you ever tried to do something in exactly one shot though? I've three tried. hours, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, it's hard. Um, like paring out all of the unnecessary yeah. stuffs, keep, keeping everybody on task, juggling all the stuff and the clock, and making sure that it that you get to a satisfying conclusion, all within a three or four hour time period. It's very I don't time difficult. Restrict. I just like what happens happens because like the party could could solve it perfectly and do everything right and be done in an hour or they could you know he's a laissez-faire kind of DM. (laughs) like i'm also like like a very regulation very very libertarian approach to to dungeon mastering i'm also very improv like i have a general idea and i have like a list of monsters that could show up but it's just like wherever i see fit basically they'll show up not so much like every everything has has been planned out um, I sort of just yeah. make things up as I go. Yeah, I find it's it just easier. When you do that, though, it's like that, that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but when, but when you when you design it like that, yeah. If the players just hang out in the tavern the whole time and talk, that's fine. If it's a campaign, you just had a cool tavern session, and everybody's playing yeah. cards and drinking games, and and then at the very end, you're like, "All oh, right, we're we're about ready to wrap up for the night." You throw in a little cliffhanger, and boom, they're on to the next session. But if you're trying to tie it up like to have a satisfying, oh man, that was a really cool ending. It's there's it's challenging if you're doing it in a single night uh, yeah, or like like, in a single session. I'll basically plan something and I'll just say, hey, it's a one shot um, just to get people there. There's no commitment yeah. to it. And then <laughs> yeah, it's like, hook them fair. Hook them and bait them into but a trilogy. It, well, like, like theoretically, <laughs> it could be done in, in you know, one session. But they're probably not going to play optimally. So, they're going to look around. They're going to try and find stuff. It's like stuff. the coupons or, or like the yeah. advertisements. Yeah. They're like, it's Tre- only $10 if you completely apply to these exact standards. Yeah. Trevor yeah. is the Groupon of one shots. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, all right, it's a one shot. We'll all be here. Um, and then when it's done, it's like, okay, well, we didn't get to the end. If you guys want, we can schedule for another session. And usually people are free sometime. Yeah. That, that, sure. that's completely fair and that's that's actually a really a really great way of getting players to buy into it because uh, mm. to take the pressure off because w- what is it the old joke of uh of gary gygax saying hey guys who wants to play a game of D for the next three years <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean it's like that doesn't seem like if you're not into tabletop yeah. role-playing games that seems like a long time but yeah you know I'm in a campaign well, now that was supposed to be an introductory campaign for players who had never played D&D before and were almost at like nine months. Yeah. I, uh, I like, uh, right after college, me and a few friends were like, hey, we haven't played D&D in a long time. Like, let, let's play something. So we asked one of our friends who's, who's a DM or who DMs a lot. And he's like, yeah, I'll throw something together. So it starts off again as a one shot and, and, ends up being like four or five sessions, maybe six. And then we're like, this was a lot of fun. Like, can we keep playing in this setting and campaign? And he's like, sure. So we turn this, this one shot turned six shot into a campaign that lasts like three or four years. Hmm. I remember the time we dragged an NPC to be a main character. I remember that. That's what happened with my first campaign too. We, we had originally been playing Starfinder, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, 
Pathfinder, space, but in D&D. space. It's yeah, yeah, Pathfinder, but in space. And we wanted to swap to D and D. And my son, who was like maybe twelve at the time, was like, "I want to try DMing a one shot." I was like, "Cool." So you know, he he DM'd a one shot, and we didn't get through it. And it went like three sessions, and then we went through all of the stuff. And at the end of it, everybody still wanted to play, and mm. he was like, "I I really don't want to DM anymore, Dad." And I was like, that's okay. So what we'll do is at the end of your last session, I worked with him and I was like, we'll do a thing where all of the characters get sucked into this portal and my character gets left behind. And then, and so like at the end of that, middle of that session, we swapped seats. He he explained Mm. what happened and then I got up and DM'd the rest (laughs) of it. And then we carried that campaign for like a year and then... So yeah, he we met his character cool. on the other side of the portal, and like it literally happens, and we played over a year for that campaign. It was See, great. The reason I say like I find it one works. one shots quote like mm-hmm. one shots easier is because it's a very contained story. Like there's a definitive start and end, basically. Mm. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the world. You don't have to worry about politics. You don't have to worry about NPCs. Well, I mean, whatever NPCs are there, but it's a very contained environment. And so there's much less to manage when, you know, yeah, I would almost, I would almost recommend like change my recommendation and say, do like a two or three shot with no strings attached. Cause that gives yeah. you enough room for, for players who don't know what they're doing to not make a lot of progress. And mm. there's, it's also, it's so valuable, especially as a DM to have that downtime where the session ends and you can think about what happened and like make the next part that that yeah. is so incredibly valuable to have you don't yeah. get that with a one shot it's either it's just like a and it happens and it's great or it was terrible or you know like it was just kind yeah. of meh or, or whatever um, i would but say I think planning that's like an actual definitive one shot is very difficult so what you're trying to say jake i feel like oh, you're trying to get a yeah no i was just in. gonna say like um so we're talking about like origins of like first campaigns uh my first campaign that i did uh was in junior high, we did a my me and my friends did an AD and D campaign, and it lasted about a year. And like one of our big goals with it was like make it easy. Yeah, I know, make it easy to drop in and drop out. So like we had a large group of friends we like invited to every session, but not everyone would make it. And so there was a lot of hopping in and hopping out. And then also my friend and I uh, would take turns DMing. So it was very like interchangeable and stuff. But then in contrast, we did, we did a more structured, serious, like, Hey, who can make it to the session? Like a lot more in high school. And that lasted like, that was like a two or three year long campaign. Um, But that was really fun. But I, have y'all ever heard of a West marches style game? No. That sounds really I, familiar. Rings bell. Yeah. yeah, rings a bell. It's a pretty fascinating concept. It's player driven and it's map driven. You you build out a world oh. map on hexes, and um, you, essentially the players say, like you have a home base, and the idea is that you just explore out in the world, and the story develops on a macro scale from that. So mm. like I would say, hey Jake, Matt, Trevor, um, I wanted to go check out that temple that we saw the other day over on such and such and we tell the dm hey on thursday we are already like we're all available can we run a session over at the temple our characters want to go explore that we go play the game and at the end of the session it's expected that we we make it back to the tavern so we like go out do a little exploring and end up coming back Uh and then the the next game that happens in that world might not be our characters because the idea is you have like 15 20 maybe up to 30 Mm. people 
and then whenever they can play, they like uncover parts of the story and they like, Interesting. you know, the next time it might be like Matt and Jake and Bob over here who go and check out another place and they'll huh. come back. A lot of times they'll use a discord so that when they get back to the tavern for the tavern, they'll be like, hey guys, we found this thing here, this, that and yeah. the other. And some other player may That's be like, oh man, I know something about that. And so it's like a big sprawling impromptu way of, you know, of yeah. doing a game. It's funny that you mentioned that because I'm I'm pretty sure Josh has actually yeah. implemented something similar. Oh, yeah. um, tried at least. I don't know if he's like we've really done it, done it. I don't we've know how far about doing it. Yeah, um, he, he did run a few. It, the way it worked was like it was a guild. You're an adventurer um, instead guild. of a tavern, and um, it was because a lot of us couldn't find the same times to play. So consistently. Instead, we just found, you know, like it, it, it fixed that issue, right? Mm-hmm. Where you could have just one or, you know, two to three people per session and they don't have to be the same people. It's whoever um, gets assigned to that guild assignment that day. But now now that I have the talking stick, I, I, <laughs> I do want to like go back and just reiterate for the fifth time, like the fact that Wash ended like within a three hour stream, a one shot is a miracle yeah. To, yeah. to my standards because usually one shots are like the whole day. Um, you know, you're like, well, all right, sunrise, everybody pack up. We're going yep. to so-and-so's house and we're going to be here until like 7 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that was very quick. Very, it was very exciting. And I feel bad because I believe it was me and Trevor who ended up dragging it on. Yeah. Like, we were on par and on time. Well, I wouldn't say it's our fault. We just didn't yeah, get out as fault. quickly as well, quickly It wasn't as so much did. your fault as it was combat happened. And yeah. combat slows things down. The, that um, that yeah. whole part wasn't actually that big of a combat scenario, but it did take like 30, 45 minutes, which isn't yeah, bad for everyone combat. Everyone has so much health. Yeah. But, but one I mean, thing but I that's, find interesting. It's not bad for combat. It's just like we only had three hours and it was like yeah. trying to fit the whole thing in. So it felt really, I really, really appreciate large. appreciate that you just like glossed over the fact that I was the one who initiated combat. I. He's like, I, I, I thanks, thanks for shoulders. doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but like like prismatic wall real quick is such an interesting spell. Cause like the first Dude, layer scary. is like the first layer is red, which is fire. Mm-hmm. You only have to deal twenty five cold damage, which at this level is not a lot of damage if you have something that deals cold damage. But it's like I'm this dragon that only has like two damage types. So yep. like no amount of damage at least rules as written is going to break through the red wall unless it's cold. I mean, you could also push through the walls. Oh no, just take, that's like and just take like the damage 10D, for that color. It's 10d10 damage per wall. And there was like 10 walls. You could tank it. Sorry, I could tank it. I was going to say like yeah. <laughs> it depends on the character. Like I wouldn't be able to tank it. Like Lich was not not a high HP endeavor you know what i mean but yeah i had a lot of hp but it would take like rolling all ones in order for me to tank all of it and get through like alive the odds are technically possible it's possible but not likely no that was also a bit of me like that was also a bit of me not knowing the finer intricacies of the spells and and whatnot I tried really hard to read through a lot of those, especially like with the time stop one. I wanted to use that yeah. a bit more cinematically. Mm, um, sure, but you know, it's just like it's like you know, you roll with the punches. It's like it's. I'm I'm glad that there that there were. Oh, I think that there were uh, few. The mistakes were far and few in between. But yeah, uh, it's it's like spells are tough. They're cool. 
and they're useful. But they're yeah, especially when you get oh, up yeah. to like ninth level spells, and it's like, hey, here's yep. your spell description. Yep. Yeah. For Prismatic sure. Wall for for chat's sake uh, has like ten. Basically, goes through the entire rainbow, and each color has like a paragraph, if not more, of of text describing that wall. So yeah, you it's have... like the ultimate protection spell. The uh, yeah. I was super impressed that you guys were able to get through all of those riddles. You were just like, bam, bam, bam. I I like, will say one after I, the other. I, I at one point in my life was a lover of riddles. I thought riddles were Are great you not anymore. No, like I, but like when I was in like seventh grade. So it ah. was, it was, uh, it, but back it, in Paris, it was because of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I read those yeah. in seventh grade. Yeah, and I and like riddles is a thing that Tolkien was really into, and so I like I like read a lot of riddles and like thought they were really interesting, and so that was yeah, I I like riddles, but. After he left Paris, he never saw riddles again. (laughs) When we were right at the end, I was like, okay, well, they want to go. And oh, no, this is going to be really fast and it's going to end on time or it's going to go really long. And I have to figure out a backup backup plan. So we did it again. It worked out almost poetic. It's funny. how He does that sometimes more often than not, which is kind of scary. Yeah. I think it's it's funny. In one of my campaigns, I'm playing a druid, Circle of Stars, who uses a tarot deck. So I have a, an actual tarot deck, and I'll draw from it in-game. And, like, every wait, time wait, I draw wait, wait, a card... Wait, 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 wait. Does that say magical dogs? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. Do you want to see them? Wait, wait, can you show me the sun card? The sun? Or, or the fool? The what? The fool. It's tarot cards, right? The fool. Yeah. You're a fool. I'm, I'm thinking of the right kind of deck, right? That's tarot cards, right? I'm not. You being have the dumb major right now, arcana, right? the minor arcana, yeah, then fire, deck, sea, right? sky, and earth. Somebody. I, d- uh, I don't know on. anything about tarot cards, guys. So you have it's... the fool, the magician, high priestess, empress, emperor, shaman, lovers, chariot, yes. strength. Hermit, oh, Wheel of Fortune, wait. Justice, Hangman, Death. I love how Wash just literally devil, has a deck ready as well. That's so funny. Well, I told That's you like my tarot card story, right? You said the sun, Matt? I think you may have. I just yes. forgot about it. That's funny. Let me find the sun for yeah, you. Tell, tell us uh, this story about tarot cards, Wash. Well, as Trevor, you were in the middle. You yeah. were, like Your Stars Druid like, does readings during his... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, he'll do readings. Oh, sorry, and every. Yeah. Every time I've pulled out a card, it's like been pretty relevant to what's going on in game. Like not even like ah, it's a stretch. Like it's like on point. Mm. Like in the the last game we played, um, we were we were with like an adventuring party who failed to um, solve the problem of the town, and we're like, oh okay. So I did a terror reading, and the card that I pulled was like, "You're tired. You need a rest. You need a break." <laughs> True. It was just like so on point. That's funny. Well, tarot cards are designed to be like that, but I get what you mean when yeah, it's yeah. like sometimes it can feel like a bit of a stretch and sometimes it yeah. can not feel like a stretch. All um, right, here's the sun card, Matt. Nice. Oh, nice. Oh, it's a doge. Yeah, it do be a doge. All the, the podcast are. listener, uh, he just showed a white dog in a sea of sunflowers frolicking. Had a red scarf around his neck, red scarf, handkerchief. Yeah. Yeah. A hanky. 
And, and the sun looks like it's rising or setting. Or both. My tarot <laughs> card story is not actually tarot cards. It's the deck of many things that um, ah. one of my one of my players deliberated. Yes, you told us. You told Remember us that? about yes. the yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, she pulled the sun card and uh, and jumped from level three to level nine. Yeah, she got fifty thousand experience. Nice. That's some power ramping right there. And yeah. For all those interested, this is Magical Dogs Tarot created by Mickey and Daniel Mueller. Mm. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. Would love a sponsor though. <laughs> Any sponsor, yes. anyone, yeah. please. please? No. <laughs> it's it's a really really fun deck. The art is amazing, and I love it so much. Nice. Does your druid child shape into a dog when it when it does the readings? Uh no. That'd be funny. Um, well, see the car- the tarot cards in game are, are not actual dogs. Serious? I just think this you, was. Ha. I see that. Thank you, chat. I was ha, late ha. on that. Ha ha. They're confirming I was correct. Um, and it has ha. a book to like that guides you through stuff, tells you like the meaning of cards and whatever. And there's some like guides on how to use the and meaning everything. of life. Yeah. Thanks for getting my joke, um, Jake. <laughs> um, but I in-game, am joke, Jake. It's me. See in. In game, joke, they're joke. like normal, normal tarot cards. It's just uh, one of my friends, like, joke, like when when he found out I was doing this, just decided to gift me the tarot these these cards because out of game, I love dogs. Like who doesn't? Nice. Parrot Trevor. But Do- so he got me dog the magical Trevor. dogs tarot set. But in game, it's it's not dog related. That's fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wing Badger Tavern. In case you're wondering. Zothkug has spooned with Yeah the Mike in it two times on record up to this point in the campaign. And if you watch back through all of our recordings or listen through our podcast episodes, you'll find that Jebediah Peppermint has said the word cub or pup a total of 14 times up to this point in the story. I refuse on principle to DoorDash anything to Jake. If you'd like to be a part of our content, you can join us on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash wingbadgergaming. We strive to make our streams the most interactive adventure on the internet, and we'd love to have you help shape the story we're telling. Special thanks to collaborator and fellow streamer Wash Brunello for being part of this tabletop adventure. From all of us here at the Tavern, we'll see you next week.